everyone. Welcome to Pigskin Pandemic featuring Kevin, Matt, and Ben. Just three of your everyday guys just giving their opinions on all the latest and upcoming NFL news. Things may get a little steamy or a little wild, but hey, it'll always be unscripted and real. Let's listen in and see what they have to say this week. Welcome to the Pigskin Pandemic. I'm your host, Kevin, and I have been and Matt with me this week, and we, of course, as we always do, we talk about the going zones for the NFL for the current week. Uh, we're going to touch on some things, uh, most notably, our, well, of course, our Lake of Fire. Who is going to be in the Lake of Fire this week? Tune in to find out. Uh, we're also going to talk about the games for Sunday and our opinions for those games and, you know, give our opinions on who to take um, uh, as it pertains to money lines and thing, and odds and things like that. But I really want to dive into something that happened recently uh, between two teams, that being Houston and Atlanta. And Houston, they both have interim coaches. Um, yep. Raheem Morris, who... Which I called, by the way. Gosh, you did call it. You called it. And I also said that Raheem Morris is trash. So It's fine. So I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying when you have a guy on your, on your team that's been a former head coach and that was not a head coach that everyone thought collectively was a terrible head coach and was not a coach that the players didn't like, that's a guy you might want to at least say let's let's see what you know we have here. If if it was me, if it was me, and I knew first of all, I would probably hire the offensive coordinator over the defensive coordinator, because the defensive coordinator is the reason why the Atlanta Falcons are the way they are right now, which was one Brian Morris. So I would I would get Cutter in because. Right. Hey, listen, you never know. Remember, they don't they don't just get to say you're the you're the head coach. They they offer it to them and they can politely decline. That's true. Um that that certainly has happened in years past. That's now true. we didn't hear that, but at the same time sometimes that stuff gets kept in house. And I feel like and I, you know, you called Raheem Morris, we all called Dan Quinn, but I called Dim- Dimitrov, Dimitrov. You did? You did, yep. Where I was like, if now here's the here's the funny twist about this, because I felt like he kept Dan Quinn on too long, but it wasn't yep. him. Dimitrov wanted to fire Dan Quinn two years ago, and it was the owner that said no. Which is I funny. mean, if that's true, which is if that's funny, true, then which is then... funny because. It's hard to justify firing him because, right. you know, right. you made that decision that it was the bad decision, not me. Why do I got to live with it? But, you know, exactly. That's... And I'm like, well, OK, so as the GM, if you're in that draft room and you're drafting all this talent, it's just the coach that can't get it done. And you're trying to mm-hmm. fire him. And, the, and and blank is like, no, no, no. You can't fire yeah. the GM. I mean, after I read that, I'm like, well, maybe it's not him. Maybe because yeah. you always connect the GM to the head coach. If, if well, Dimitrov used to be the one of the, the darling GMs. I mean, he was you know the, the first guy coming out of that New England, yes, you know tree and Absolutely. and you know. So I mean, I, I don't think he's going to have a hard time finding a job. Um, now, <clears throat> speaking of which, I'm going to give you this guy's name. I'm going to give you this name, and I'm going to tell you. Talk about the Houston guy. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So Houston has hired a guy by the name of Jed Hughes. Jed Hughes is the vice chairman of of the Corn Ferry Search Firm. And what what Forbes said is that they labeled him the most connected and widely respected executive in the sports industry. Well, he's there to help them find that's right. He's not there to be the guy. Yes. He's there to help them find a GM and a coach. Yeah. But check this out. 
Guess who went out and found Bill O'Brien? The same guy? His firm. Yeah. <laughs> so you go out I mean, listen, the, the, and you the... stick your chest out and you go, we got this guy who is the most respected guy in all of sports, but that same guy hired the worst coach that you could have had, the worst coach and GM that you could have had in sports history. And in my opinion, there hasn't been any worse GMs. I don't care football, basketball, hockey, baseball. I don't care. Mm -hmm. He was the worst. Because the moves that he made, people in uh, there were coaches and, and, and players and teams and other sports entities scratching their head like, why would you do? What did you do that for? What was that? What was that move you made? What I mean, you can't. Well, I mean, up to this up to this recent you know off season, which I think was just obviously flawed and and swinging for the fences and trying to prove that he was you know, the smartest guy in the room. Other than that, Bill O'Brien was not a terrible head coach. Um, he was a terrible GM, I think, pretty much unanimously. Um, he was a terrible coach. He was a good regular season coach. He couldn't well, – Well, I mean, that, but that's, got... that's not a terrible coach because the guy doesn't make it to the Super Bowl doesn't make him a terrible coach. There's plenty of teams out there. Again, you you, you speak from a Patriots blinder sometimes. No, 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 There's no, no. plenty no, of teams no. out there no, that no, would no. – that would, Listen. Absolutely take a Bill O'Brien getting them to the playoffs for four straight years. See, for me. Over being a one in 16 team. See, for me, for me, the way I see it is I'm not looking at it from a Patriots lens because I felt like Marvin Lewis was a great coach. He just couldn't get them over the hump in the playoffs. But when you're the GM and the head coach, and you're wearing the same you're wearing both hats. Yeah. If you know what you need and you can't and you're giving away the things that you need cuz you think that you can coach anybody and you can't get it done, that's horrible. Because if it was the GM giving you, you know, if the GM was going out there getting you all the groceries and you're like, dude, I can't work with this. Like, come on. Are you serious? No, I mean, when, when you decide to take on that GM hat, too, first, it very rarely works out. Second, if it doesn't work out, you know you're signing your own death slip. You know, so, I mean. I haven't seen it work. I haven't. I mean, I the mean, Patriots have done it. Belichick's the one, but, but, you know. But, but the thing is, is that people really swear to Jesus that he's making every single move that's ever been made. And. Nick Casario has been there for a very long time, and he makes a lot of these moves and a lot of the decisions. And yes, they check they check with Bill, yes, because he's been there the you know so long. But well, Bill, Bill gets the final say so, and and at the same time, he gets final credit for what works and gets to pass off what doesn't work. And as the coach, you should have final say because at the end of the day, it's my team. I have to coach these men. And I know what well, I mean. I mean the, what, what the best scenario is is when you have a situation where you have, you know, like what's San Francisco or uh, Kansas City or, you know, something like that, where you have a coach and a GM that are in lockstep and, and you know, working together. Yes. Uh, you know, brought in at the same time, you know, that kind of thing. That's part of the reason why I'm arrow up for the Dolphins overall is because we, we finally have that in place. Yes, with, you do. You know, with. Career and with with uh, Flores, yeah, that was his guy. He wanted to bring him in. They work together. They know each other. That you know all that kind of stuff. It's it, it, it's what traditionally works the best. Yes, are there exceptions where you know it's not that structure? Sure, but it's it's traditionally the one that works the best. So who goes? Um, so who goes? To, who goes to Atlanta? Who's the head coach after this year? And and let's say let's say Raheem Morris doesn't make it. Let's just say, he yeah, I mean, so the, the, the obvious choices, you know, that there's, there's a lot of rumor about Dabo and Clemson coming up to the NFL. I, I very much see the jets hiring Dabo and getting Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick and pulling, you know, what, what Arizona did, you know, and that's what they're going to try and do very much could see that happening. Okay. Um, other guys that are, are likely you got to think the enemy is going to be at the top of a lot of lists. 
Um, especially, you know, you could see a place like Atlanta, you know, minority owner, minority head coach. There's a, you know, fit there. There's, you know, the Bienemy comes from, you know, a background of offense. You usually see teams go after going from a defensive guy to an offensive guy, you know, or vice versa. You know, it's usually the way you see that happening. Yes. Um, so, so, you know, that to me makes a lot of sense. Um, so, you know, just right now, very prematurely before like any of this is done. Um, I think, you know, the enemy makes a lot of sense to probably go to an Atlanta. Um, other guys I would say are probably up for a look. Um, you got to think that if San Francisco can write the ship, especially on defense, um, that Sala, you know, gets some conversation again. You know, he was a hot name last year, and it kind of felt like it was, you know, just a year away. Um, I still am pounding the table and still believe very much in Dan Campbell uh, in New Orleans. Um, and, yeah, that's I your guy. <laughs> it, it's true. I, 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 you know. And right now, and right now they have too good a pedigree. Rule. And isn't there a rule where you know um, the uh, for the coordinators you can't block a coordinator from going to to a head coaching position at one time you could right. do that but the yeah it's been years so basically for, for years now basically the situation is you can't block a coordinator from taking a job higher um so doesn't matter if it's going to a head coach that's where you know they've been able to get around it at times where you bring in the offensive coordinator as a new offensive coordinator but He's offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach. You know who you I know, think is. Kind of you know who I think is going to get a look, and I hate to say it this way, and people might laugh at this one, but I think that Jason Garrett's going to get another look. He might. You know, he's he's a weird thing. Now, I, I don't think it's going to depend a lot on what happens for the Giants because I don't think you're looking at the Giants right now and saying, "Oh, that's a guy that deserves a lot of credit for all the good." They they had one good game, but they still lost. But I'm so not looking at it. I'm, that but I'm not looking at him from the Giants' perspective. I'm looking at him from the Dallas perspective. No, I get that, but I'm saying I think that that that's going to make a difference. Is that if if Jason Garrett went there and helped revitalize that team? Yeah, I would say that's that's the case. Um, another guy I could see very much getting the chance, and for what he is doing in the job that he's doing right now. Um, and it might be in that same place because Jacksonville is another place that feels like, you know, Marone's just, you know, just a step away from, from, you know, being out the door um, just if not for the, the way that team works. Um, so, you know, skip it ahead to our Lake of fire. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the coordinator <laughs> there in, in greasy um, and I'm sorry, not greasy. Um, Gruden. Um you know, I, I think that Gruden probably is a guy that gets another opportunity, and especially with how Jay? well he is doing. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with how well he's doing in in Jacksonville. Um, you know, with a team that's not got a lot of talent, he's making that offense do something special. He has. Um, he did wonders in Washington. Yeah, when they had nothing, and he was left with, yeah. you know, guards. I never forget the game where he had. He looked across his offensive line, and every person that was there was an actual guard. He had a guard well, playing and, tackle, and, and center, listen, and it's, guard. You know, it's a, it's a when when you're you're working underneath Dan Snyder, um, I think that you know I'll give you a ton of uh, a pass because I don't feel like he's ever set up any of his teams for success. Um, guy is a, a blight in the NFL um, for a lot of reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, so I could, I could very much see him being a name that's out there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's probably a good, you know, jumping off point for a list. Um, Dable is another guy in Buffalo. Yeah. You know, if they continue to Dable, trend up, yeah. you know, he's another guy yeah, that, you know, kind of feels like he's got that, that hot coordinator yeah. thing attached to him I right think, now. I think he would be um, the next guy up. I think Dable will – will be that next guy. I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, he, feel, he feels like that next hot offensive coordinator. He feels that next, you know, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, uh, um, you know, that, that type. You know, he yep. feels like that, you know, that next, you know, guy that does that. Um, so, yeah. 
Should we should we move right into the lake of fire for oh, that? Oh, we're going to move right into the lake of fire. So, because... so right off rip, I'll tell you, you know, Doug Marone, because um, most of everybody else we predicted so far has already happened. So can't can't live in the past. Uh, yeah. So Doug Marone and Adam Gase will be my two because I still I still get to ch- take Gase because <laughs> beyond all beyond all reason and and sense in the world, Adam Gase is still has a job. Um, so, uh, which again, I'm predicting the Dolphins might put an end to that. So, um, let's, let's hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, so, you know, those are my two quick ones for, for coach. Coach. Um, I think they pretty much make sense. The next coaches to be fired. Oh man. Uh, Gase is, Gase is absolutely number one. Yeah. Um, with a bullet. Yep. He is absolutely not. He will always be number one until he gets fired. I don't know why they are holding on to this guy. I really don't. Um, man, I, I really, man, I, I do want to go with Doug Marone as well because you can punt for the week. That's okay. He. It's his. It's his time to go. Okay, it is. You you have to finish. You have to finish what you started, and what you started was you started cleaning house. You got rid of Tom Coughlin, which, <laughs> by the way, if he wanted to coach again, you know he could. He could go up to. Uh, I don't see. I, I don't see him coaching again. I I see him. He's old, but you know, he potentially could, he being could a... do it. But anyway. Doug, yeah. if you're gonna get, if you're gonna clean the house, if you're gonna clean the house, clean it. You got rid of all the yeah. good players. You got rid of the you got rid of the president and the GM. Next is the coach because right now this coach is just no. He's no to me that that's the one that to me it's like if you're Jacksonville, why don't you get rid of Doug Marone, make Jay Gruden the head coach, and say. Yeah, this is your job to lose now. If you can, if you can continue to do things positively uh, with that side of the ball, and and can you know get this team to rally around you, you know we know we're not a good team, but if you can show us something as a head coach, it's your job next year. Put him out um, of his misery, please. Yeah, just yeah. just put him out of his misery. I mean, he's miserable over there. I know that he looks across and he goes, "I had all this talent in the palm of my hand." And now I have close to nothing. And the, if you go to the NFL, you have talent. But, I mean, come on. There's special talent. There's talent, and then there's special talent. And he had loads of it. And one by one, they just dropped off. So, yes, he's got to go. He, he definitely, definitely, definitely has to go. Carson Wentz, for my players, he misses my Lake of Fire this week. I know the Eagles fans right. are happy who's, for that. Who's, who's replacing Mr. Wentz for you? Matt Ryan is replacing Wentz. Okay. Matt Ryan. It's fair. Now, let me – do you know how many touchdowns he threw in two games? In the past two games, do you know how many touchdowns he threw? I actually don't. I'll give you a hint. It's less than one. <laughs> Has he really not thrown any touchdowns? No touchdowns in the past two games. That's amazing. Zero. With that, with, with that offense <laughs> that is actually pretty good. Zero touchdowns. None. I looked up the stat, and if the stat is true, zero touchdowns last week, zero touchdowns a week before. That's pretty amazing. And come on. Like, I get it. Carson Wentz has, like, six touchdowns and nine interceptions. But he's throwing touchdowns. Okay? he's No, he has more than six touchdowns. But I know he has mm-hmm. more interceptions as he has touchdowns. But at least he's throwing touchdowns. Like I, last week, he wasn't great, but he wasn't putrid either. Yeah, he threw two more picks. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty bad. But he wasn't putrid like he was in the in the first three weeks. Matt Ryan is just every season since he went to the Super Bowl has just been going down further and further and further. All of his stats are going down further and further and they're adding weapons, but he's looking like he doesn't want to be there. 
okay, well, guess what? Lake of Fire, okay? Yeah, I'll give you that. Bell is already burned. Yeah, I'll that one. I had Bell. He's already burned. <laughs> didn't make it through the game. He didn't, <laughs> didn't make, make it, it through the, the He didn't even make it recording. through the show. So he yep. burned. I mean, he's already burned. Um, um, the guy up in Dallas who I put in the, the Lake of Fire last week, he showed me that, you know, when he makes his effort that he mm-hmm. can do, he can do something. I, okay, cool. Unfortunately, it's another quarterback and I have to do this. And I like the guy and he should stay in the Lake of Fire until he retires. And that is one Drew Brees. Now, <laughs> I, I can't put Drew Brees in the Lake of Fire, but go on. I put Drew Brees in the Lake of Fire because he started off the year with his comments and he says he had no idea what he was saying. Stop. Don't do that to yourself. Please don't make yourself look bad. He started burning at that point. Second. Oh, that's, 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 a, that's a rough thing to put on a guy as a, but you know what? a reason for why he's gone. No, no, no. No, no. But the second part is the second part of that is is that okay, you lose your number one receiver, Michael Thomas. You do have talent on that team. You do. And one game he looks okay. The next game, he, he's been shaky this year. So at this point, it's like, okay, is it you, Drew Brees? Or is it the team? I don't think that it's the team because it's pretty much the same team as it was last year. And look, we we crucified Carson Wentz. He doesn't have his number one receiver. He's working with spare parts. He's working with the mechanic down the street. And yeah, he's going to be he's going to be pr- he's going to be prone to throwing mm-hmm. multiple interceptions in the game. And we stuck him right in the fire. And Drew Brees. He does not look like Drew Brees, the Drew Brees that we're used to seeing. Tom Brady was almost in that league. If he kept going the way he was going those first two weeks, are you telling me that he wasn't going to be in the league? I mean, like I say, I can't. uh, Drew Brees to me still is a better than average quarterback. At this point in the game, I really believe that he just needs before it before it comes crashing in on him, he needs to just let it go. Well, this is it for him. We know that. This is this is the last season. This is this is his final hurrah for sure. We, we think. We think no, the, the he's going to be in the booth next year. There's no question of that. We hope. We hope that he doesn't change his he mind. He already has a deal. He already has a deal. Didn't didn't um didn't um what's the quarterback? Didn't Jay Cutler have a deal before he left and he turned it down? Jay, you can always No, Jay Cutler had a deal, took the deal, and then Adam Gase convinced him to come out of the booth. Right. So you can always come out of it. You can always come out of it, but I don't I don't see that to compare Drew Brees to Jay Cutler in any way and even in this way is is just nonsense to me. He's in my, That's fine. He's I, in my lake this can, week. He's in my lake this week. I watched him, man. He, he, yeah, he's he's in my lake. He should have destroyed the Chargers. He should have destroyed him. But he's in my lake. Oh, Chargers are, you know, decent defense, and and uh, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see the eyeball test on Drew Brees being as negative as everybody else does. But I think I think Drew Brees is, uh, you know, still like I say, still a better better than average quarterback. Um, I guess my uh, my Lake of Fire uh, candidate for this week will probably be. Can I just say the entire San Francisco quarterback room? <laughs> yeah, um, Jim boys. I mean, they're hard. they're all bad, um, and and it, and it's funny because I actually liked Mullins and Bethard as you know potential you know dart throw candidates for you know, hey, maybe it's it's worth seeing what these guys have got. And then honestly it still might be the case. It just is the you know, they've they've got not a great situation going on around them. Um but that whole that whole quarterback situation there right now seems just terrible. Uh, and going back to 
why I think it makes sense to cut bait and go after Matt Ryan, because I feel like, you know, you, you just don't want to continue to, to tread water um, with, with that group. Um, it just doesn't seem like whether it's injury related or whether it's, it's talent related, there's just, there's not a whole lot going on there. So that'll, that'll be, uh, that'll be my, my one, two and three. If you want to count those three guys as two full quarterbacks. Cool. Thanks, Ben. Uh, and I know that, you know, we still have like GMs and, and things like that to go over in the Lake of Fire. But in uh, for the interest of time, we're going to go ahead and hold off on the Lake of Fire this week. It's not that much, not too many rumblings going on this week. Um, is I, I anticipate it's going to ramp up uh, within the next couple of days, and we'll go ahead and we'll talk about that. Um, and I know you guys are burning to see um, or to hear what Matt has to say in terms of his coaches, players, and GMs. And next week, you know, we'll have the full gambit of that and we'll have a new uh, maybe a new episode, maybe a new segment for us um, so that we can maybe, you know, touch on some of the teams that we look at um, maybe that are in trouble. But for now, what we're going to do is I'm going to bring in Matt now um, so that he can talk about his specialty. His specialty is the lines and the odds. And who he thinks are, you know, some of those teams that you want to stay away from, some of the teams you want to put your money on. Hey, if you're a beginner and you want to know more about how to, you know, win some money on some of these games, because, you know, some of these, you know, they do bet on the games, you know, tune in next week where we kind of drill down a little bit further and we kind of explain how this money thing works with the NFL, how people can make a lot of money betting on the NFL. Um, This week, though, we're going to bring Matt in so that he can talk about some of his opinions on the games and who he thinks are going to win. Go ahead, Matt. Take it away. Hey, guys. I'm here with your uh, pick'em list for the week. I'm going to run down each team's matchup and uh, go into who I think is going to win and maybe give you some... uh, safe betting advice. Um, We're going to start with the Chicago bears, Carolina Panthers. Uh, The bears are rolling in at four and one. Um, Unfortunately for them, I don't think Nick Foles has what it takes to be a starter. Um, It's pretty much a pick them as far as the spread is concerned. I personally like Carolina. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Mike Davis are going to have themselves quite a game. Uh, Moving down to the Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars. I say Lions all day. Um, Swift is coming back healthy. Adrian Peterson has been doing the best he can, given his advanced age, uh, holding down that backfield. And uh, I just, the inconsistency in Jacksonville, uh, there's also a chance that Shark may not play. I think all of that factors into a loss for Jacksonville. Uh, Moving right along to the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins, the only thing he knows how to do is get paid. But I think he's going to manage himself a win just because Atlanta can't manage to do anything but fail. The departure of Dan Quinn, while I don't think it's going to exactly send a ripple through the locker room, I think any kind of uh, shakeup like that in an organization, it's always questionable how the team is going to respond. Currently, they have uh, Minnesota favored. They give Atlanta four. Um, I, I like, uh, the Vikings with the spread there, the over under is 54 and a half. I would, I would stay away from this. This has all the potential to be a high scoring game, but I mean, high scoring in the sense that it could be 25, 31. I mean, it's going to be very close to that 54 and a half. I mean, these, these sharps make these numbers, uh, you know, for a reason and it's not to lose. And so let me, uh, let me take, let's take a pause right there. The over under means what exactly that means. The total, does that mean the total points between the two teams? Correct. That's uh, the sum of all of the points scored. So, um, you know, the idea is you're going to basically pick either 53 or 55 in this case, um, you know, and of course they get you with the half point because you obviously can't hit on a half point. So basically, so combined have to score at least what is it 54 maybe 54 and a half points which is pretty much 50 55 55 points so if so then if i bet the under 
I have to bet that they're going to score under 54, 55 points total. And if I bet the right. over, I'm betting that the two teams are going to score run, over it'll be a, Yeah, they're just going to run it up like crazy. Exactly. I don't see that happening either. I no, I, I mean, but at the same time, I could see it being right around that 54 and a half mark. And unless you're one of those gamblers who really enjoys that, like, you know, sick pit in your stomach, I just bet my mortgage feeling. Uh, I would <laughs> right. stay away from that over on right. up. <laughs> um, go, coming up next, we have the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans. I'm convinced, man, Mike Vrabel and those Titans, they've got something, they've got something going there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is playing like, not Ryan Tannehill. Like a, he's playing like a competent quarterback who has the buy-in of his teammates. Uh, you can't stop Derrick Henry. And then you have the Houston Texans who are literally climbing out of the shambles of Bill O'Brien's system and his personnel moves. Uh, you know, I think Houston's in a, in a world of hurt right now. They're lacking receiver depth. They're la- lacking uh, talent behind the line in the run game. And realistically, they fall behind so quickly in a lot of these games that there's not really any chance for them to establish a running game anyhow. So even if David Johnson or Duke Johnson were able to get something going, they really only have the first 15 minutes of the game to establish it. Um, and and, so, and sorry, the Titans I, just smoked the Bills 42-16 to 16 on Tuesday. Which is significant because what I think a lot of people are neglecting to realize is that the Bills are, are a legitimate threat this season. This is a team that is poised to win that AFC East. Right. Um, it's essentially theirs to lose. And that's not, that's not saying that the Patriots and the, the Dolphins don't both pose their own threat to that, uh, to that title in that respect. But um, right now, the way Allen is playing, the way um, – the way that defense formerly looked, <laughs> you know, that they, they did have a stout defense the first couple of right. weeks. And then all of a sudden it seems like um, they got figured out. We'll see what happens. We'll see how they adjust or whatever. But um, I think that's a significant feather in the Titans cap uh, to come out there and not just win, but to essentially blow like a legitimate playoff contender out of the water like that. It speaks volumes for their chances going forward. Now, do I think that the Titans down the line, beat a Baltimore or beat a Kansas city. Uh, I mean, it's going to take a, <laughs> a, a certain confluence of events for that yeah. to uh, come to yeah. fruition. But I mean, these are still guys that can give their loyal fans up in Baltimore, a reason to throw themselves through a flaming table. That isn't a loss. Right. You know, they can, they can move right on into a playoff game and really have something to show for a, uh, you know, a, a system that is, that not only seems to be working, but seems to be, um, growing and and getting better by the week all right so moving on this might be the abysmal matchup of the week it is the washington football team and my new york giants it's right i mean it's it's just gonna be uh, an exercise in mediocrity it's a one o'clock game i'm sure it's only gonna be broadcast in local markets or and by anyone who's like you know streaming the game um this is not a game i would put any money on I am weirdly going to give the edge to the Giants, not because I'm a fanboy. I just think right now um, the Giants look like they're poised to start actually playing. Uh, I'm still not sure about the Washington football team. I mean, God bless Alex Smith. It's inspiring to see him out there. But after watching last game, um, that offensive line did very little for him. I think he's going to spend a – a lot of time running, even with the Giants' abysmal pass rush, not to mention the Giants' secondary is pretty damn good, it turns yeah. out. So, um, all things considered, I think the Giants edge out a win. I'd want to be very clear, though. I don't think it's going to be pretty. And I also – I almost I almost hope they don't get it because every loss brings me closer to seeing Dave Gettleman on the unemployment <laughs> line. So, we'll wait. what so, else we got? All right, moving on. We've got like my what I think is the trap game of the week. You got the Steelers Browns. Ooh. All right, the Steelers have been playing at an excellent level. Do not be surprised if the Browns somehow win this. I don't necessarily think the Browns are going to win this, but do not be surprised if the Browns win this. The Browns are playing like a different team right yeah. now. You're seeing Miles Garrett is showing up big where it yeah. counts. You have Odell Beckham Jr. actually like playing like an effective receiver and not like a child. Yeah. You have Jarvis Landry always playing that, you know, his, you know, he's like the, the, the team. He's playing like, Jar- he's playing like Jarvis yeah. Landry. He's playing like yeah, he should. Yeah, shorthanded. 
Right, sure-handed, solid, crisp routes. You have Austin Hooper, who's starting to step into his own, and Baker Mayfield's actually, for the most part, finding his stride again. Now, a lot of people want to be critical of Baker Mayfield, and I'll, I'll be completely honest. Personally, he irritates the hell out of me. As an athlete, though, as an athlete, though, I have to speak to his work ethic. You saw how he was a walk-on at Oklahoma. He, he fought his way into being a top pick. He ends up going to a team like the Browns. He breathes an air of life into an organization that hasn't yeah. had one. Yeah, how many quarterbacks did they have oh for so God. long? I think it's so premature to say that Baker Mayfield, quote-unquote, sucks. Is he having struggles? Sure. Is he is he not everything that you want out of a first overall, you know, overall draft pick? Sure, I'll even give you that. You know, it's, it's hard to look at a guy like Baker Mayfield when there's a guy like Patrick Mahomes but floating around the league. But I think what happened league. was he but, got arrogant. How many got, coaches? Nah, he got well, not that, even that. No, How many coaches has this kid had? I think at one point in time, you know, he thought that because he came in, because remember, he came in midseason and he just, he could do nothing wrong. And so he came into the league arrogant. And when he was, when he started and he was winning games and he strung together three and four, games, he became even more arrogant. And then we got him. And then he had to take that step back to say, well, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. I need to go and work on my craft. Because I guarantee you, he didn't work on anything last year. Not a single thing. Well, I did see those. You do see like those critical pictures and things where like all of a sudden they're body shaming NFL players because they're not like these jacked Adonises. And like, I mean, there's a lot of court. Tom Brady has never really been jacked. He's always kind of had dad bod, you know, like he's the Leonardo DiCaprio of quarterbacks. He's just a slouchy loser who somehow, you know, is magical with the football. Um, it's it, it's hard to, to say one way or another. I mean, I don't know Baker's training regimen. Um, again, like I'm a, I fully admit I kind of hate on Baker, but he – he has more – I think he deserves more time to find his stride. He has had a number of different coaches. Maybe he even did get arrogant and decided to work on his craft. But from his body of work from college on, he's really always proven himself to be a jobber, willing to go out because he just wants it. And I don't know if he wants the fame and notoriety. He wants to be the best. I don't know what it is that drives him. And frankly, I mean, I don't know that that's so much of a, uh, of a factor as it is how – you know, what the end result is. And I think right now you're seeing a guy who's – determined to prove that he and the rest of that talented team can succeed despite, you know, what's out there. So I think um, there's a, there's a chance that the Browns take this game. I personally like the Steelers with that uh, Claypool last week really showed up. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is still going to be that possession receiver. And uh, you know, James Conner is healthy. Uh, Ben is playing as good as he has in the last five, six years. Um, I believe the game is in Pittsburgh. So I think that's also the reason that they're – because it's pretty much a, a toss-up, I think, and they're given they're given three and a half to Pittsburgh. And I think that's usually – you know, you usually see when odds are given um, and it's a close game or especially div- divisional game. If you see three points given to the home team, that's usually strictly because, you know, the yeah. 12th man element essentially right. You know, the, the whole – benefit of having the crowd on your side and just also familiar, uh, familiarity yep. and stuff like that. Um, moving on. So this is a game that I think is an easy, easy pick. Uh, it's the Baltimore Ravens, uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. All right. This is being played they're going, in Philadelphia. They're going to and have this isn't even 7,500 fans in Philly. They are going wow. to have fans in Philly starting, I guess this Sunday coming 7,500. Now, does that make a difference? Well, that's a bully for the Ravens. I mean, it does in the ratio of batteries <laughs> to injuries. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, they have the Ravens favored Ooh. by nine. They're, they're uh, giving Philly nine points. I'll tell you what, I, I think the Ravens, I think easily win this game by 11 or more. Um, I know that that's a crazy, um, it's a pretty large spread to hope to beat, but the Eagles are decimated at their offensive line. Their run game is middling. I'm not saying that Miles Sanders can't get it done. Last week he showed everybody what he is capable of when um, he gets going. But that's not the Miles Sanders you see every week, unfortunately. So I don't know that I think Miles Sanders against this Baltimore Ravens defense is going to be Miles Sanders of last week. I think he's going to be more like Miles Sanders of, you know, typical weeks. You'll see him. 78 yards on the run on 15 carries, something like that. It's just, I, I, I don't see the Ravens 
giving up a ton of touchdowns. Um, I don't see Carson Wentz handling the pass. And rush. that's one of the keys. I, I just, that the key, there's a lot I of. I think it. the key for an Eagles team like this that is so beat up to win is that Carson Wentz has to understand what he's seeing in front of him. And he has to, Carson Wentz has to be on his A game. Close, he can't throw two picks for it to be close. For them to win, right. he has to throw, he doesn't have to throw a bunch of touchdowns. What he really has to do is he has to, he has to limit the turnovers. So he has to throw no touchdown. He has to throw no picks, no fumbles. I have uh, Ben who is, he has uh, talked about some things uh, on the side and he has a special announcement for us. So go ahead and take it away, Ben. I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Pigskin Pandemic Podcast. We are available now on Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you usually find your favorite podcasts. Please tell your friends, leave us any comments you have about the show, and a five-star rating would be great. Keep an eye out for our Facebook page, which will be coming soon. I want to thank you all for listening, and remember, stay safe out there and vote. Okay, so what game do we have up next? Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, Indianapolis Colts, um, as well as Joe Burrow's been playing. This is no hatred on the uh, Bengals. We all know there's a receiver dispute there. A.J. Green wants out. Uh, he's not really being utilized the way I guess he expected. Plus, you know, there's the injury concern. He can't really seem to stay on the field. Um, and then you have the Colts here, a uh, really dominant defensive showing by the Colts week in, week out. And Phillip Rivers um, – despite his advanced age at 38, uh, he's still slinging the football. I think it's a pretty easy win for the Colts this week. Uh, they're favored right now by a nine-and-a-half-point line. I think that's a little uh, ten points, essentially. You're going to need the, the Colts to beat the Bengals by. I think that's going to be tough. As, as strong as I think the Colts' defense is, I think the Bengals are still capable of putting up some points. That Joe Mixon, um, Joe Burrow combination is uh, proven to be pretty effective when, when you know leveraged in a proper way. Uh, so I think – Despite the Bengals' best efforts, the Colts should be able to uh, walk on out with a win. Following that, got. I've got – I'm sorry. All right, following that, i got the uh, Broncos, New England Patriots. Um, very easy pick here. The Broncos are in disarray. John Elway seems to have quarterback problem after quarterback problem as if uh, he's taken lessons from the Browns, uh, despite also being one of the greatest quarterbacks of, of you know, modern football. Yes. Um, yeah, he really seems to have a uh, a bit of trouble identifying talent. And I think part of that problem probably is he's probably looking for an Elway clone. I mean, I would imagine that it only makes sense. He's he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in Denver, if not the greatest. And uh, I'm sure he'd like to be able to pick somebody to carry on that legacy, regardless of, um, you know, where he gets them. Uh but uh, New England Patriots, uh, they're getting Cam Newton back. He's uh, beaten COVID, it seems. Uh, that run game seems pretty uh, pretty capable, despite what everybody thought was going to happen, losing Tom Brady. Uh, the the uh, sports line has them, um, what's it called, favored by 10 points. So giving 10? Den- yeah, so they're giving Denver 10. I mean, it is played in New England. So you can more or less look at it as maybe a hometown plus seven, but I really do think it's a fairly accurate. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's the thing though. I don't know that the Patriots are going to be able to beat Denver by 10. I still think Denver has a decent uh, defense. I think the re- reality of it is that their offense is as uh, questionable as any others. And the Patriots defense, just like last year has been stout Melvin Gordon or not. Well, I don't know how I think they plan on factoring Philip Lindsay back into this game as well in some sort of timeshare, but I still don't see that being enough uh, you know, to beat the Patriots. Maybe if Cortland Sutton wasn't hurt, maybe if they weren't running their backup quarterback, we'd be talking differently. It may be a three-point spread. It may be a little bit more of a realistic game to uh, to look at. But um, I think all day this is a Patriots over Broncos win, uh, especially with Cam coming back. I think they beat him by a little bit more than seven, maybe not by ten, maybe. Could be maybe a nine-point game. Yeah, something nine, like that. But, a couple. But then <clears throat> at the same time, you gave in Belichick – essentially almost two weeks to prepare for him. So um, that always spells disaster for the opposite, the opposing team. Um, when you have, when you have a guy like that, that can prepare 
for you for two whole weeks um, because they didn't, they were supposed to play last week. They right. didn't play last week. Uh, they're not playing. They're playing Monday night. So you, essentially you're looking at they prepared for them uh, the week before and they prepared for them all this week and they're going to play on Monday. That's I will point uh, out. They might. I, I will mean, point out might. one difference. They as might. much time as Belichick has had to prepare, and I don't, I don't, you know, um, I don't want to dampen his talent as a coach. I mean, he's obviously one of the best coaches out there. Uh, the difference, though, is the Patriots haven't had a chance to practice due to the COVID, and the Broncos have. That's so true. that is absolutely so. True. That could also cast a wrinkle in it, and that's why I'm not so sure about that ten point spread. Um, you know. Uh, the Titans game, obviously, you see, you see what getting a little rest, maybe even not practicing can do. Maybe it'll work in the yep. Patriots' favor too. So it's just one of those games. I wouldn't touch it. It feels, it feels like it could really, uh, you could really get caught up in that in that spread. And the money line just isn't worth it. I mean, they've got a money line here. If you were to take the Patriots, it would take four hundred and fifty dollars to win a hundred bucks. So I mean, yeah, yeah, the exposure there for the payoff, it really isn't worth it. I mean, I can't think of there's few things that I would want to risk five hundred to make one hundred, you know. Nah, I can't do right. that. Right. So um moving <clears throat> on, we've now got the uh uh just kind of another almost laughable game. It's uh Dolphins Jets. I think we all know this should be an easy win for Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> and the Dolphins. Um Miles again. I told Ben I told Ben now he went he went twenty two for twenty eight. For I think almost 400 yards on Sunday, and I said, you know what? Against the Jets, no Le'Veon Bell, uh, no Sam Darnold. I think he goes 28 of 28 for 525 <laughs> yards, six yeah. touchdowns, perfect, perfect uh, passer perfect rating, and everything all else. The way around. I mean, listen, I don't, they oh don't call him God, Fitz Magic like, for nothing. I mean, I'm sure uh, it's possible, um, but I mean, in all reality. It should be a breeze for them. Miles Gaskin's running the football well. Uh, Gasecki's turning out to be quite a tight end. Um, yeah. uh, you got uh, Parker playing like that number one pick finally for and consistently. Yeah. Uh, he's also back healthy. Uh, I just think all of that bodes well for the Dolphins, who have been showing a very strong defensive uh, front, and their their pass protection is no joke either. I think. Um, I think, and that secondary's back hole. Yeah. Almost, I think their secondary is back whole because they got uh, Byron Jones back. Um, they have. Uh, I happen to have uh, the uh, the injury report right here. Uh, if you want, yo, no, I know that Byron Jones is definitely back. He is back. Howard is back. He's there because he played Sunday, and it was a big difference. Ben was all jumping up and down because um, you know he was back, and that secondary looked really stout against the San Francisco team, who me personally said that they were just too beat up. And Miami kind of, you know, they they fell into a gift, right? Because if you look at San Francisco at full strength, they're Miami's not dust in San Francisco. No, like of course, and I mean but that's, that's okay. They went out and did and what they were okay. supposed to do. They did exactly what they were supposed to do, which was which which is what I said. They went out there and they smoked the team that was hurt, and that's what you're supposed to do. You kill the wounded animal, mm-hmm. and that's what they're going to do two weeks in a row. Well, as they for the kill the, uh, the wounded animal in the in the Forty ers and they're going to kill the wounded animal in the Jets. That's what they're supposed oh, to do. Sure. Well, as for the uh, Miami Dolphins, their injury report, um, it looks like Shaq Lawson, Lawson and Kyle Van Noy are still questionable, but um, Lawson has had limited practices, so that usually bodes well when they're getting in there, even for limited reps. Um, Kyle Van Noy, he's got a groin injury, so. Um, he didn't practice Wednesday. We'll see what happens. He's an older player. Um, what's the line on that? On the uh, oh, that's another really? crazy what's line. That? Nine and a half. I just don't feel comfortable enough that uh, I think that they're going to. Again, you know, this is a division game. Uh, I certainly didn't think the Giants were going to be competitive against the Cowboys, and then there they were. It's easy to dismiss the Jets, and don't get me wrong, I am essentially dismissing the Jets, but I don't know that I would dismiss them to the point that I I thought that the Dolphins were a shoe-in for a 10-point or better win. I don't even think... But I told you, I told you the Giants were going to be tougher, and you laughed at me. I listen, and you were you right, and I listen. I give, I give you that. I, you were right, but I, I'm just saying for bet, for betting's sake here, I don't, I don't foresee uh, this being a game where they win by ten. The over under is 47. I would likely take the under here. Um, if you really want to get creative, you could parlay it, or you know, like you take the over under on two games, and then you can tease 
the spread six points one way or another. Um, I mean, I, any, I think it's going to be forty-four to three. I, <laughs> I don't. So think that, that would be the worst thing ever if it ended I up with honestly, forty-seven total points and no one wins. Right, and I don't. I <laughs> honestly think that the Jets do not see the end zone. Well, Adam Gase is a terrible coach. So once he's fired and they begin working in a in a different direction, I think I think Sam Donald's proven himself to be a formidable quarterback. I think he's not they have playing. A, no, I know. I'm just saying going forward for the Jets. I'm not saying this week. I don't think the Jets have a chance this week. I think they have a chance to to lose by less than nine or less than ten, rather. But oh, um, they have and they have Joe Flacco playing. Right. Oh, my gosh. They're not getting into the end zone, dude. You don't think so? I mean, the Flacco, <laughs> Jamison, Crowder, uh, the, I'm telling you, those two have been meeting oh, up a little bit. I, that's, and that's why I'm saying I'm not so convinced on this, this nine-and-a-half-point spread. But I do I do foresee the Dolphins taking this uh, easily. But um, by how they many are, points? They are going to go after – they are going to blitz that Flacco from now until – oh, my God. Don't I, you sleep on Frank Gore. Don't you sleep on oh, Frank Gore. Oh, my God. He's almost <laughs> sleep himself. He's almost dead. Oh, uh, that so poor old. man. What is he, 68 now? Still nah. can't play? He's going to get himself very high up on that all-time rushing uh, record. Yeah, God because bless he's, playing, him, man. he's been playing for 30 years. He has to. Uh, University of Miami cranks out some tough guys. They All do. right, right yeah. on to the next one. This is a uh, this is a pick em, Um, surprisingly. This is the Packers at Tampa playing the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. Uh, A key key return here for the Buccaneers. You have Chris Godwin more than likely returning. They have all their their receivers scheduled to play. Formidable formidable line there. However, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been doing it without uh, Devontae Adams. I think that Adams is back this week. Oh my I, I, right. I think Oof. I think there's there's enough of a reason to see that that I don't know. I think I think the Packers have what it takes to outlast the Buccaneers. Um, it's going to be that's going that's game of the week. That's going to be a really great that's game. Game of the week. Well, the nice now, thing you know is that's a four o'clock Here's game. What I said. Here's what I said. I said to Ben. I said now if I was Green Bay at the trade deadline, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to go get Julio Jones from Atlanta. Can you imagine that? I mean, that would be crazy. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, it it would really, ch- I mean, Julio Jones to any team would change the dynamic, but my goodness. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Devontae Adams and Julio Jones? You're looking out there and you just go, oh. And, and then your, your number three is what, like Lazard or uh, Valdez yeah. Scantling? Who, Valdez Scantling yeah. is, a, is a burner, man. He's going to open up that. It's just right there. I, but I, the only thing is I don't see them doing it just because I really don't believe that organization cares about Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, like we talked a little bit before about Baker Mayfield being arrogant, I think Aaron Rodgers may also suffer from that arrogance. And the only difference is yeah. that Aaron Rodgers has a thousand and one reasons to be arrogant to be arrogant right that's right, mm-hmm. that's right. so yeah. it's right. it's it's uh it's tough i think i think that if they did do it it would be with the intention of keeping him there for when jordan love comes up and giving him an opportunity to uh you know that's a very easy I would move i would move in everything i could heaven and earth i would do it to go get <laughs> to get julio from atlanta i would because at that point, what I'm showing the team, not just Aaron Rodgers, what I'm showing the team is I want to win a title. Yeah, you're committed to winning. And and it would be the right time now, too, with the way that Aaron Rodgers is playing. You know, you guys have right. heard me, like, uh, celebrate that recent quote with him where he basically said, you know, he said, oh, people talk about me having a down year, but a down year for me is a career year for a lot of these guys. I mean, right. And he's and that's right. the truth. He's right. <laughs> and the truth. And he's playing like it right now. So, um, personally, my, my pick here, um, would be, uh, green Bay comes out and, uh, and just as another dig, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers has thrown nine interceptions since 2017. Yeah. I mean, and Carson Wentz has thrown nine interceptions in 2020. I'm just saying, uh, hey, I'm just saying, I know you Eagles fans hate when I talk about you guys, <laughs> but guess what? Aaron's going to call you a hater, man. Aaron's going to call you a hater. <laughs> I know, but guess what? He stinks right now, so I, I don't know what else to tell him. So, 
We've got the Rams and the 49ers. Um, Rams another, and 49ers? Rams and 49ers? Yep, that is the uh, Sunday night game is the Rams and 49ers. Uh, we're talking the three-and-a-half point spread. Um, the Rams are favored, even though they're going into San Fran. Um, you know, it's still San Fran is, is battered, bruised, and broken. Uh, I don't think the Rams are any sort of superior team. They've still got kind of a bit of chaos at running back, even though Cam Akers re- returned strong. It still seems like it's a timeshare between him and Henderson. Um, and neither one of those guys seems to be the guy that you can go to as a three down back. So um, I just think that despite the Rams problems, they're a healthier team, Cooper cup, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's enough reason to, uh, I forget what their. um, their tight end's name is on uh, the Rams. I think uh, Bennett or um, what is his name? It doesn't matter. Their tight end is uh, is really playing at a high level as well. Yep. It's not going to take a lot to beat, uh, you know, a battered uh, Niners team as Miami showed you last last week. Um, moving on, this is going to be uh, quite a Monday night for uh, us football fans. We have two games. We have the Kansas City Chiefs in Buffalo playing the Bills, and we have the uh, Cardinals playing the Cowboys. So we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs in Buffalo. Um, Man, until you show me, you know, a team that knows how to stop Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to keep betting on them. Um, It's just I'm taking Chiefs all day. They're only favored by three and a half, but I think it's just an easy pick. Patrick Mahomes does things with the football that other quarterbacks – can't and we stopped them it's just that we we couldn't uh, couldn't get out of our own way like i think that was the first time where we actually beat ourselves like that was bad we had and and it was just quarterback play it was just bad quarterback play Seriously. right well i mean yeah minus the bad quarterback play we i think that we walk out of there with a victory in kansas city yeah. Um, and I think that the Bills, the even though the Bills have the, – the problem is is that the Bills have the horses to play better than New England's defense against Kansas City because they have a better pass rush. But when he escapes out of the pocket and he throws the football, when he throws it down the field, you can never find half their little receivers that they right. Have. They are like sprightly little receivers. Street, uh, like Tyre Hill's not a very big guy. Tyre, you can Hill just opens. He's just in open space. You go, where did he go? Like, what happened? What the heck just happened? Kelsey, so, yes, floating across the middle all the time. And, and it was bad because I think it was uh, no, because you know what? You know who did they just play Sunday? Who did they just lose to? They just lost. Oh, to... the Chiefs lost to. Uh... Oh my god! I... They they just lost. They just lost, and and they and they were thoroughly dominated. They were dominated, and the reason Chargers. Why they were the char- no, was I mean they, the Chargers. Um, was it the Chargers? Let me see here. No, that was nine twenty. No, Hold on. Not the Chargers. Um, the not Raiders. The Raiders. So I mean that right. game was a lot closer uh, in score than you would think. It was really by a possession. I know the Raiders ran it up on them for a minute and it got away from them, but the Raiders, I don't think, I think a lot of people underestimate. That's not a lousy team in any definition of the word. That's a good team. Right. So look again, I mean, going in, uh, even coming out of a loss like that, I still think the chiefs are a safe bet against the bills. Um, I just don't foresee the Bills being able to stop anything about the Chiefs. I mean, you're talking about some speedy receivers and Mecole Hardman, sure, a, a fairly right. short-handed receiver. I mean, I don't love Sammy Watkins, but he gets it done when when you need him to catch the right. football. He always seems to catch it. And then, of course, we took- now he was hurt. He was hurt Sunday. He pulled his hamstring on Sunday, and he may miss a few games. Um, I have the injury report right here, so I'm looking up. Uh, Sammy Watkins is, is questionable, but it's uh, – yeah, you're right. So it does look like Sammy Watkins will be out. But, again, you're, you're not talking about a team that has a, uh, any shortage of offensive weapons. Right. Um, you're right. Edwards Allaire is uh, catching the ball out of the – you know, right out of the backfield pretty effortlessly, and he puts yards after the catch up all of the time. He is yes. so good at finding that hole and then exploding through the gap and putting up extra yards. That's uh, why I don't understand – that's why I don't understand why – 
the Chiefs would sign Le'Veon Bell. I just don't understand it. I don't. Well, I don't know that they're going to. I know that that's just a rumor right now. But um, yeah, I think I think this week it'll be uh, it'll be easy. But going you know going back to what you were saying, also, I mean, you. I don't know that I, I think that the Patriots necessarily stopped Mahomes. He's still nineteen for twenty nine, two hundred thirty six yards, two touchdowns. You're right in the sense that your offense like was stagnant. Um, 130 yards in a, in a single pick from Hoyer, 15 of 24. Um, but you still had you still established an effective rushing game. Um, you know, you had uh, 17 carries, 100 yards for uh, Harris. I mean, there was a way to still win that game, I think, for the, the Patriots, like you said. But again, like, it doesn't look to me week to week like anybody really ever shuts Patrick Mahomes down. Like he gets his he gets his touchdown. So he's just not getting yes. three. He's just not getting yep. 350, 400 yards like usual. Right. 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 I, I mean, and, right. and you know, it goes back to like that uh, Aaron Rodgers quote, you know, a down a down game or a down season is a is a career game or a career season for some of these guys. Um, yeah. But uh, moving along to that last game. Um, I'm going to pick the uh, the upset here. The Cardinals are going to Dallas to play the Cowboys. The Cardinals are favored to win. Um, I think the Cowboys come out, and I think they take this game. I don't think that it has anything to do with, you know, coming out and wanting to win for Dak. I mean, I'm sure they're going to go out there and play emotionally. But I just think that Andy Dalton has proven to be an excellent game manager. Uh, the Cardinals are coming in. I don't know. I, I just I have a rough time seeing Kyler Murray outplay um, this offense. There's just so many weapons on Dallas, and Andy Andy Dalton proved that he can get it done last week in the second half of that game. He came in and um, helped rally them to take the win. And granted, the Giants are not nearly as good as the Cardinals. I just think that this team is due a, a rebound. Um, from a tough couple losses early in the season and uh, the Cowboys should win by three. Okay, everyone, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening in. Don't forget to join us next week as we hear more of the guys' opinions as they talk about the news on the NFL. Goodbye.